the dance. Check out the, uh, the time I got reincarnated as a slime. Then compare it to um, Overlord. And you're going to be like, wow, one of these is definitely like a capitalist, like, fucking power fantasy. And the other is like, yeah, a trans girl would probably have written some shit like this. So, Lucy, Cynthia, and Athena, we are gathered here today to discuss the current events of the world. So, how's everyone doing? <laughs> well, you know, I'm fantasy become reality as I ascend slash transcend this mortal realm, the usual, you know, places right. to defile, corpses to rise from the dead, the usual. <laughs> Riding high on the wave of shit. Yeah, Cynthia, how are you today? I'm doing great. I just ran over the neighbor's cat. Just oh, no. No. <laughs> he just choked me. No, no. I don't know how you could be doing great. <laughs> oh God. Joking. I'm just joking. I'm just sitting here chilling. Uh, unfortunately, I have to do a little um, house cleaning, and then I'm going to go to the Oktoberfest later on tonight. Octoberfest, that's so exciting. Ooh. Athena, how are you today? Uh, doing quite all right. I think I'll spend the rest of the day uh, by myself here. Uh, my uh, family's all just kind of hanging out, chilling. I'm going to catch up on some video games because I haven't had a chance to play in a while, even though I just wrote a whole episode about it with you. Yes. Uh, well, that's what I got to figure out. So, what do you guys have any recommendations? Dead by Daylight. All right. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight, play killer, dredge, murder some people. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It is. You get to be a chthonic nightmare and just eat people alive. <laughs> I am and become devourer of worlds. Do it. Yes. <laughs> this genie does not go back in the bottle. Yes. <laughs> be the tool of human extinction and annihilation. Let it flow through you. <laughs> Our father rest in hell, hallowed be thy heel. It's a whole different kind of power fantasy than what we were talking about in the Nazi episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Have you ever seen Overlord? Uh, let's see, Overlord, like the video yes, game? I've seen, I've no, seen the, the anime. Movie. No, oh, no, not, not. Not, not, the, not the movie, the anime. There's a, It's an isekai, which is a form of anime where the protagonist dies or magically ends up in another world where it's a video game-based logic and magic. And he gets okay. transported to another world as this overpowered godly lich. Um, and it's funny because as somebody who speaks Japanese, when he comes into the world, you can tell it's a video game name because his name is Momonga, which means the flying squirrel. And um, he says that, you know, like all the NPCs they created say it all seriously, like Lord Momonga, which is Lord Flying Squirrel. <laughs> it's like, I, you know what, how about we go with a different name? But like to a lot of people, that's like their power fantasy. But to me, that's not really a power fantasy because he's got unlimited like ability. He's basically a deity and he's going around just murking nations. Whereas you have like slime, which is called uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, where that's my power fantasy. This motherfucker dies. He's, he's stabbed, you know, and he tells his his uh, kohai, which is like uh, a, um, not necessarily an underling, but somebody who looks up to him and whatnot, calls him a senpai, stuff like that. He's like, whatever you do, just take my computer and throw it in a, in the bathtub while it's on. And then he dies. Um, and when he when he goes to the next world, he gets basically reincarnated as a slime, and he accidentally just kind of stumbles his way into becoming this godlike being. 
And instead of murking nations and cities, he's going about bringing socialism to this fantasy world that's basically <laughs> mega capitalist. He's like, you know, it'd be great if we built roads. You know, it'd be great if we built schools. How about we all come together and try to live peacefully? It's just a really good show. I love it. 10 out of 10, check out the, uh, the time I got reincarnated as a slime, then compare it to um, Overlord, and you're going to be like, wow, one of these is definitely like a capitalist, like, fucking power fantasy, and the other is like, yeah, a trans girl would probably have written some shit like this. <laughs> On her commune. Yep, yep. The the ubiquitous uh, a trans communist girl that we, we always want to be. Uh, I'm trying to trying to be that <laughs> live that life that's my thing you know, if I ever win the lotto that's what I'm doing I'm gonna be like I'm making an all trans people commune well hello there for, uh, Rory Phoenix Monroe hello welcome to Transatlantic Conversations hey, uh, hey sorry I'm, I'm sorry I'm late I forgot that we're on different time zones so. that's okay I'm so glad to have you here with us today uh, Rory okay. tell me a little bit about yourself um so I just turned 29. I am originally from Chicago, Illinois. I have moved to Iowa, which is about four hours from my hometown. Um, grew up rev rev bleh, English words, <laughs> relatively normal semi-life. Um, didn't do a whole lot of sports, even though I really wanted to. Um, but I ended up doing a ton of dancing. I was in a bunch of dancing competitions and that was actually a lot of fun, which is why I started doing drag because I enjoyed doing like competitions like that, entertainment more or less. Uh, most of the time in my spare time, I'll listen to a ton of podcasts at work while I'm doing my job because it's just easier. Uh, at home, I'll sit here and play video games. Uh, I mostly play on the PlayStation. Um, I think I have one game on the laptop that me and my partner share, so. Oh. And I've been transitioning for the last three years, um, and I had top surgery about three months ago, so. Hey, congratulations. That's fantastic. So, <laughs> yes, so on this show, I don't know if you've been listening at all, but we've been kind of exploring this assault on trans rights uh, from Republicans recently. I don't know if you're familiar with those 29 states that were uh, like passing all those anti-trans legislations that are they're still currently passing them. But uh, yeah. the over 250 bills that were passed over in 2022. Are you familiar? Yeah, uh, with some of them, I am still playing catch up on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Well, so I bring that up because what we're starting to notice is there's a correlation to what we're seeing. There's like an assault on on trans rights, and we can mm -hmm. see that correlation to uh, a previous time in our history. And I think that it's important to bring up these parallels because it's relevant and it's important. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but if we continue to allow these bigot and zealot uh, ideological you know, extremists to 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 radicalize the mainstream world and and dialogue, then we could face serious threat, all of us. And so that's why we we take this time here, especially in this show, to talk about that correlation and that parallel. So, with that being said, I'd like to give it over to uh, Athena to to allow for us to explore a little bit of those correlations, and then 
Uh, also with that, Rory, I'd like you to jump in and, uh, and I'd like to hear what you'd have to say about what's happening. So, uh, because you play a lot of video games, don't you? Yeah. Um, I play more than I care to admit. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, <laughs> turns out that, uh, video games have a lot to do with, uh, whitewashing history and there are correlations in video games to Nazism. So as we explore this power yeah. dynamic and this, and this world that we're facing now for trans individuals, it's important that we find these, these uh, bits and pieces and also be on the lookout for our cybersecurity uh, because we as individuals are currently on threat. It's possible to get sidebarred into these kind of clubs that turn into violent gangs of racists and when these racists organize they have the ability to do so with the narrative that's been forged through the language of the power of a single strong individual later. Uh, even even though they may disagree that there's a single narrative between them, even if their derangements from reality are out of touch with the others, the reliance on the concept of a strong man will grant power from the top. So it will grant clemency from their their own, uh, you know, their own culpability. Uh, that will pardon their sins, right? Uh, that will, you know, issue that power towards the top and away from their immediate self-interest. So persistently online people with ground issues grounding themselves in reality will hear these calls for power to take an action, and some of them will take for granted the reality that's framed for them by these people demonstrating the power in their narrative. That's what happened on January 6th. Before we get into specifics of those detached and uh, you know disaffected people resorting to violence, let's talk about how that game culture has been used to pit the authorities who are already holding power against gender and sexual minorities. Lucy, is this the trans uh anti-trans group that was doxing and harassing trans women to the point where uh i believe some had attempted suicide and three I, successfully committed suicide yeah some of the attempts because they were they were doxing people attacking them um not just on like social media but also affecting their work and stuff like yeah. that like it was pretty pretty terrible and it's still up the kiwi farm farms is still up for somehow. That's what we'll be discussing. And so that's why I want to make sure everybody's kind of comfortable with where we're at in that situation, because this is action that's ha happened just last month, uh, just on the 3rd of September is whenever there was action to take down that from uh, protection. It can only currently be accessed through Tor methods. They are not disenfranchised entirely from their platform in that way, but if they were in some way, they might be looking for new targets or a new fresh target, uh, you know, just be wary of, of uh, online interactions. And uh, if you see anything fishy, just make sure that you clear things up with people that you know in real life. Um, so uh, after uh, Keffels had announced a GoFundMe, uh, basically they did dox her, they, uh, frozen, they frozen her assets on the GoFundMe and then reported where her location was. They had flooded her rooms with pizza deliveries under her dead name. Um, and after it continued to ramp up in danger, they uh, just basically got shut down on the third. They kind of declared victory on the fifth um, over, over that, but it's still available on tour. So these are people that are still out there. I mean, just to kind of establish where we're at, you know, we are, you know, obviously people of a gender sex minorities and, you know, we are trans people. And that puts us kind of in a specific political ideology that's kind of automatically at the opposite for where Nazis are. I would identify as a democratic socialist myself with somewhat libertarian or anarchic per, uh, you know, persuasions myself. I, I would like to call for people to be more conscious of the media they consume. 
Um, so one of the targets uh, of these, um, you know, was a video game developer, uh, Chloe Segal, who self-immolated. So if you find yourself a target, uh, don't let them burn you from the inside. Uh, what should you do if you if you do find yourself a target for online on you know these online groups uh, for harassing you? Separate your online and offline identities in untrusted spaces. Be ready to delete accounts and set up security measures like two-factor authentication. And know the tools you can trust to communicate safely to people whose identity you can verify. You know, make small uh, communal groups of people you can trust, basically, uh, and uh, you know navigate those situations with with uh, uh, as much uh, a plum as you can. Uh, there's so many of us that are living though in states that are right to or you know right to work states that could be let go just for a mention of our status, uh, just because our employer doesn't like us, things like that. So the more I carefully, one of those yeah, and, and oh. so I am too, but I'm under an employer that does have me protected. So I'm comfortable enough that I I don't feel that I'll be harassed to the point of being without a job or being without a home or being isolated from my family. I'm out to them. But by all means, if your online interactions are the only safe space that you have, be careful, protect yourself. Well, thank you. You know, we've been talking about that a lot lately on the show is about media representation because the more we normalize trans identity, the more that it becomes known throughout the community because I live in a conservative town. So does Cynthia. Rory, where do you live? Well, around about area. You said, uh, you I said Iowa. Iowa now, right? I said Iowa. Yes. Iowa. Like in so, the, uh, between Iowa City and Waterloo area. So, so that's that's probably pretty conservative. And Athena as well, I'm sure. And and, and Lucy, even, even California is still still pretty conservative although a lot of people think it's yeah. super democratic it's it's very well, people think it's super democratic but it's there, there is definitely like conservative areas that's why wine it's country oh, yeah. republicans what's that wine country republicans yeah well not to mention like further north you've got places also like orange county where they have like a liberal-esque thing to them but they're really more along the lines of like they have a lot of conservative stuff um like you've got places hmm? Like uh, the the uh, what if we kissed on the anti homeless bench, you know? Yeah, like anti homeless. Uh, it's like oh, it's just, this. It's it. We're we're for the gays, but we hate the homeless. We don't believe in like social stuff. It's like whatever. Like they're like oh, social nets. That's that's communism, and it's just like weird. But there's also places like Fairfield and and whatnot. But if you go north of San Francisco, there were play there. When they were saying they wanted to break California into four states, they basically wanted to put the liberal state in one area and then the three states that they wanted to make out of California into conservative land. Like, and it would have been conservative land. Would have just been the coast and all of the city and then all of the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like, that's why when I hear people say things like, oh, I live in California, so this, this Roe v. Wade stuff won't affect me. Like, yes, it will. It will. It will. Yeah. Well, so I bring that up because, you know, a lot of people in these small conservative areas, some of the, some, I, for example, could be some of the, one of the only trans people they've ever met. So it's like, in a way, you know, we give, we give representation and that's why it's so important that we normalize and we have these conversations. And so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say uh, later on this month, on the 26th, the first uh, Marvel uh, main superhero is going to be uh, launched as transgender uh, escapade. Uh, I, I've already read some of like the pride issue. 
I'm really excited for it. So that's representation that's happening this month for the first time in a major release like that. I'm really happy about it. So Lucy, let me ask you a few questions. How does one go about getting their emotional needs met if they have difficulty getting their needs met in general? Well, to me, I like to assess like what I'm, what I'm looking for emotionally, like, and what I'm willing to not necessarily trade, but what I'm willing to invest and to see if somebody's reciprocating that. So if you feel like your needs aren't being met, you need to check to see like, what exactly did you establish? Because in both monogamous and polyamorous relationships, you have to make sure that like you both understand and communicate with each other. If, if you're expecting a lot of emotional support, but they were thinking, oh, this is like a fling, then you're both gonna be unhappy. So to me, the best thing to do is always have that open communication and to evaluate. Like I like when I go to my relationships, I come to my relationships thinking this person is amazing and if they want to, they could get someone else and that's fine. I, I shouldn't want to be with someone because I need them. I shouldn't want to be with someone because I, they want me to be there and I want to be there as well. That codependency doesn't really work because it's unhealthy and can be toxic. So yeah. to me, it's more about like, it's not that I need this person to be in my life. It's that I want this person to be in, in my life and they are reciprocating that. If I'm the only one investing emotionally, then it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go invest these emotions somewhere else because otherwise it's an epic waste of my time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. No, it makes dollars. <laughs> different people for different needs is one of the best, uh, most appealing parts of polyamory. We are all different and uh, we all yeah. have our unique approaches. I can't possibly provide the individual experience that someone else can, uh, which uh, that's absolutely fine. I'm not jealous like that. Uh, but yeah, I found it difficult for the longest time to find any kind of place to assert myself or put myself in a kind of dating relationship. Only the last couple of weeks have I put myself out there and I found myself confident enough to uh, ask a woman on a date uh ask if i could kiss her you know the the whole like you know consent all along the way it was just like really confident in myself uh during this like time in my transition i'm just i feel like i'm i'm at a high i'm at a peak so uh therapy was really good that day and just uh, the rest of the night went pretty well too oh uh i've so much to go over oof <laughs> it's a good thing i feel like the thing i think a lot of people don't realize is like so before coming out i was a hoe hands down i think i would be with like when it came to orgies fine and dandy a lot of fun i've been in multiple um i think the my highest number was eight and then there were a couple times in brazil when it was six but neither are there but before coming out, I'd say I was less comfortable in my body. And now, like after transition, starting my transition, like it, it's just so much better to be myself now. It's like, fuck, like it's fucking fantastic. And people kind of read into that. They see that you're confident. They see that you're fucking happy with yourself, that you are fucking genuine. And they're like, I want some of that. And granted, you have to understand that it's good to put yourself out there and it's great to be that loving, caring person, but you have to also make yourself um, 
not necessarily unobtainable, but unattractive to people who would see you as like fuel to, to keep them, you know, warm. Like don't burn yourself, don't let yourself on fire to keep others warm, but don't close yourself off. And I feel that once you come out and start your transition, it's so much easier once you start letting go some of these old beliefs. Like It's like what Rory said, like you don't, it's like, oh shit, I came out, it, life is hard for this person that, that I want to be happy with, but it's like, is it really worth it at this point? Like, I'm going to find somebody who's, you know, going to want me for me and their life's not going to be shit because they're with me. They're going to be like, you know what? Fuck these other people. I don't need them. I'm happy with who I got. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, these other people ain't in my bed and they're not paying my bills. So fuck them. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. If, that's the way I see it. They're, the only people I listen to are the people paying my bills directly. Like my, my boss doesn't pay my bills directly. So this is a mutual understanding of, hey, you want me to do something? Okay, let me evaluate it to make sure it's safe and that I'm being adequately paid. But at the same time, like if you're paying my bills um, and we haven't sex, your opinion matters, but I'm not changing myself. We're going to agree on stuff. We're going to make sure that everything's consensual. We're going to make sure that we see eye to eye and that there's no power dynamics that are uh, imbalanced and that everything is fucking right and fair and that we both agree upon it because this bitch don't play anymore. I'm 37 fucking years old. I don't need no fucking playtime. I need fun time and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just having an expectation that, you know, we'll, we might only have like so much time to, to expend together let's make the good parts last and then if it gets to bad parts we know how to say goodbye maturely right yeah like there just because you don't love someone now doesn't mean you didn't love them before so if i'm with someone we fall in love shit's fucking fantastic and then we slowly drift apart hey i'm just happy this shit was there and i'm just happy that we had fun I'm yes, that's it. Yes, I, I get that, but it's hard, you know, the breakup yeah. afterwards. It's like the aftermath, yeah. the moment, the momentarily, like the, the day, the yeah. few days afterwards. It's so painful because well, you think I, about I, those memories, you know, you think about all those memories that you have with those people. Yeah, because you, you, you think, well, that's for me, what I like to do when I break up with somebody, I just put all their shit in a box and like tell them to come get it. And then I delete all their pictures. I don't, I don't reflect on their memories. Like if the memory was me in it, sure, that's great. But if it's not something I, I truly want to be like, oh, every time I think, if like if I think every time I go, uh, every time I think about this trip, I remember them being a part of it, then I don't need the pictures from that trip. If like, unless it brings me good joy. Like if it's like Marie Kondo says, if it with Marie Kondo and she's like, um, does this spark joy? Keep it. If it doesn't throw that shit away. Like, right. If you're thinking about hurt and loss every time you see something that reminds you of that person, then get rid of it. You don't need it. Yeah. Do some spring cleaning on it. Throw that shit out. <laughs> they, better, they better hope that baby's not with the bathwater because this bitch ain't looking. <laughs> somebody's gonna be out there and be like somebody throw a whole baby away god damn it no, man. <laughs> and it's just gonna be me being like fuck your baby this is relationship advice from the opposite ends of the, the spectrum i like to keep my people <laughs> yeah you you care about the fact that they are human beings to me it's like yeah you're a human being 
You might be a piece well, of shit. You might be great. There's plenty around there. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I bring it up. Uh, I bring it up because for a lot of trans people, you know, I, I don't know. Well, not a lot of trans people, but, you know, me a little bit. You know, I've blossomed late in life. So I didn't get to experience some of the things that I that I should have experienced at a younger age. So I'm currently experiencing it. And, and earlier on in the season, we we kind of talked about transitioning from privilege and, and, and ignorance and spirituality and things like that. And we kind of touched on dating a little bit, but we didn't touch on it too much. So I wanted to, you know, kind of do an episode here where we're, you know, like transitioning from relationships and kind of talk about that. you know the yeah i mean we're doing that obviously well, but i'm just putting clarity I, I to that i understand your concern about i you blossomed late in life and so, in essence hey i didn't get to do the i didn't get puberty at a young age i'm doing it again as an adult and a good chunk of my life is missing and it feels like that right yeah when you're when you're two years old one year is a lot of time because that's fucking uh essentially one third of your life once you hit 25 one year is one twenty-fifth of your life and you're like eh, it's a year and i get it those formative years give you some development stuff that a lot of trans people are like holy shit i could be passable if i would have started younger and that's not necessarily the case miles may vary on this stuff but mm -hmm. at the same time you're we'll say that you're 25 you're 25, you start your transition, you blossom, you still have 75 motherfucking years at like at, on a good estimate to fucking tear that shit up. It is time for you to hop on the carpet of life and fucking cut a rug. Like Go. fuck that. <laughs> fuck life like you're gonna wanna fuck you. So why aren't you writing Hallmark cards just out of curiosity? Because I like <laughs> to swear. <laughs> but there's a, there's plenty of people that would buy those cards. It would be I'll make them for you. I think you should invest in doing some of that. Perfect. I'm just saying, you have you have <laughs> fucking, like, I'm only gonna with my life expectancy of sickle cell trait fucking um, black trans woman. I'm not gonna sit back and wait. Life's mm -hmm. not fucking slowing down. Life's like, we're going to progress at one second per second. And sometimes it's yep. going to feel like one year per second. Bitch, get a move on. So my ass is going to get my fucking dancing shoes on and fucking go do drag, go do horses, <laughs> go do whatever. This is your life. You oh, only you get one. Fucking enjoy this shit while you're here, you little humans. Fuck. Yes, I, I and you know, but that's but that's sad. You know, the sad thing ah. is that it's easy to say, but like people deal with depression, and so like you can look out onto a sunny day like this and be like, "Oh, so sunny," but like just go into the bedroom and sleep all night because that's what and eat a bowl of cereal and cry. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And just let's, that's what, let's hey. stop that. So depression is not something that a, a little bit of words will necessarily fix. You don't, me fucking living my life is not going to necessarily cure someone else's depression. Depression is a very complicated, nuanced thing. Sometimes that involves getting medication. I am one highly medicated bitch. Like I take Celexa, I take Wellbutrin and a host of more drugs in order to keep my shit stable and sane. There's nothing wrong with being depressed. I would say if you're feeling depression, it is best to go to a professional and seek help on that. Yeah. Me living wild and crazy, that, that, you, you can't, no, that's you, to do like, with that. I'm there's just nothing saying. wrong with being depressed also, but like, seriously, when it comes to depression, 
it's hard to see through it. And that's why we go to the people that we do. Like I have therapists times two and psychiatrists times two. There's nothing wrong with that. I think in the today's uh, day and age, a lot of people tend to like have this negative connotation around like getting help when it comes to that. But like life is a million times better for me now that I've fucking up treatment. Like now I have an amazing I little- <laughs> I think it's healthy to I like manage people... multiple uh, levels of like different emotions though. There's a healthy yeah. amount of sadness to have. I, I mean, before transitioning, I would be, you know, a little bit over sad of, of what it actually meant if it was a short-term relationship. Uh, I kind of pre-mourned some of my relationships. Like I'd put on a sad album and think about, well, what if, you know, they say no, or they, you know, they go back on this or that. So like, uh, allow yourself to feel the emotion, but don't like, mm -hmm. you know, revel in it too much. Maybe put on one good album to associate with it and listen to it. And then you can allow yourself the time through the years to go, Ah, uh, that was the summer. Ah, uh, what a summer that was. What a beautiful summer. Anyway, so Rory, tell me uh, if you have a little bit of advice for those that are dealing with relationship hassles, what would you say to them? I would just like kind of agree with what they were saying, just like uh, Athena was saying, just like kind of feel that for a little bit, but don't dwell on it too long. Cause, so I, I'm also in a polyamorous relationship. My marriage is open. Um, and I was with somebody that was kind of toxic but I didn't realize it but my partner my wife did um and wanted to make sure that like I knew it without being rude about it so um I, I was really like depressed about that situation and just kind of like worked through it the best way possible I did listen to like some sad music for a little bit um I did talk to my therapist about it um I did talk to a friend about it and just kind of work through it and it the best advice I guess I can give is just feel for it for a little while but don't sit there feel like and stew in it because you're just gonna make so much for you just try to have fun even if it's little things like sitting in front of the tv and opening a bottle of wine or sitting in the tub and just like small little steps to kind of get over the breakup <laughs> but I also like I, I like your philosophy because it reminds me of something that Homer Simpson said. And granted, we all know that the Simpsons has some problematic stuff, but I really like Homer Simpson's oh, yeah. line about beat yourself up about it once, and after that, you carry on. Like, yeah, don't beat yourself up over the same thing repeatedly, ever. Like, you made your mistake. They make made it worse. Yeah, well, who's it going to help for you beating yourself up? It's, it's not going to help any, it's just, if anything, it's going to make you feel worse and maybe put you in a worse part of your depression. And then you're just like, absolutely never going to get out of bed. Because I've had some of those breakups before marriage where I kept suing in it, stayed in my bed and was just like, screw oh, this, I'm not the worst. staying here. How like, about this? Allow yourself Lucinda Williams, one, one Lucinda Williams album's worth of sadness. That's, that's yeah. all you got. Lucinda Williams. Yeah. One. Yeah. Do you remember uh, one album? Do you remember Just the first time I was on your show? Um, when you asked and I told you about like how my um when my, my the first person I was married to had like tried to murder me and then the cops arrested both of us and then she ended up going to a psych ward afterwards after killing our stepson. A little bit of Lucy lore. Um like always remember that sometimes you're doing your best 
and you sitting there beating yourself up over your best, if you honestly know you tried your best, you're going to put yourself in such a bad place if all you do is put yourself in a feedback loop of how sad you are and how bad these things turned out. Sometimes it's like Jean-Luc Picard said, it, fucking you can do everything right and shit will still go horribly wrong because that is fucking life. Thank you for being here with us today. And I hope you have success at the wedding and the drag shows. Well, thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And thank you, you again too. for having me. And not yeah. just the talk, but also bring some questions to your audience at the drag show. You could be like, what is the average airspeed velocity of a laden swallow? And then when they try to give you an answer, they answer with a Monty Python's reference. So you can say neither and then down a, what's the name of that shot? A squirt shot or a cum shot? A cum shot. Just down a cum shot and be like, neither. I swallowed that bitch quick. Now didn't I?